talk so much about it. I know the reason that you like it. Get away from the wife for a few hours, drink your head off. Football, football, football. What do you talk so much about it? I know the reason that you like it. Get away from the wife for a few hours, drink your head off. Football. Welcome to episode 43 of The Men Who Say Football, the Dundalk FC fancast. This is a post-match reaction to the 1-1 draw in Derry. Um, we have a slight change of lineup in the panel today. We're joined by Damien Kenny and Ronan McCurry. Rory can't be with us tonight. He's uh, poised over his laptop. I think he's waiting for the optimal moment to short sell his Arsenal shares before the Super League entirely collapses. Uh, I'll come to you first, Damien. What did you make of tonight's performance? Uh, from a Don, from a Dundalk supporter point of view, I was very frustrated. I, I think it was a frustrating night for Dundalk. Um, going back to what we said before, there just seems to be no cohesion. Um, there seems to be no game plan. There's nothing in the middle of the field that you know. There's no one there to put their foot in the ball and, and create little you know plays, triangles, you know, to draw draw the draw the other team in. Um, it was it was just one of those, those nights. I thought that like, but when we scored the goal, the goal was was a great goal. Um, it was well well played. When we scored that like if Stanton goes in on, on the second uh, a couple of a couple of minutes later, if he goes goes through there and he puts that in the back back of the net, I think it's game over. I don't see Derry coming back. But saying that, you just don't know with this Dundalk team. Um, you know, if some if, if a team scores against them, you know again, do, do the heads drop? Do we, do we get a little bit? You know. Behind with ourselves, I don't know, but um, I it, it is a it's a game, you know, it's it, it, it's hard to call. We score that goal, you know, Stanton goes through, scores the goal, you know, you're you're two nil up and away you go. Then um, I thought that, yeah, the goal that we concede, you know, I, I think it's become fairly evident at this at this stage that we unlike the the, the dark teams of of the, the bygone era that was that was really really good where we scored plenty of set pieces. And we defended set pieces exceptionally well. Uh, we can't seem to do either of those. Um, and I think that's really frustrating. Do we blame Abibi again tonight for the goal? I don't know. I don't like singling out players. Um, you know, I think you, you, you defend that. You, your defenders deal with that. And, uh, you know, he doesn't have to, have to worry about it. But I, I don't know. It, it, was a, it was a tough one for him. It was three headers, one in the box prior to it. Now, just in case... You get accused of sort of defending the indefensible. I do think Abibi was weak. Uh, he, oh, he, he should is. have, he Fucking should have been him. in that moment. He just should have been more assertive in the box. I mean, if you're a keeper watching the ball bobble about, you know, in a game of head tennis in the box, I think you've got to make a decision. But if, when it comes into the six yard area, you've got to come off your line and you've got to compete and you've got to win it. But mm. that said, I, I, we have now for quite some time been vulnerable to to um, crosses into the box from set pieces. And to see Derry win three headers against the Dundalk side with that amount of height in it, it just, I don't know, that's something for me that should be sorted out on the training ground. Yeah, without doubt. Like, I suppose I could definitely be accused of uh, of being... I just, I don't like singling players out, and you're right, he was actually quite... He was questionable as well when he fisted the ball out um, earlier on when he clearly could have caught it, um, I, I felt as well. You know, you know... Um, you feel for the guy. I don't know if he's used to that kind of, you know, that that type of game. He's a good shot stopper. You know, I don't think that's in, in his arsenal. But um, I, th- I, I'll be honest. Uh, people, you know, I, I, when you listen to the bias, the bias commentary tonight, you think that Derry were a great team. I think they're an inexperienced young side. They're for the taking. I think plenty of teams will take them this year. And I think that we we have dropped points tonight. I suppose these are narrow margins, and that. 
Um, we did have plenty of chances, and it was a game quite similar to last week in that, you know, the final fifth, for opening half an hour, we were the ones that were comfortable in possession, certainly had the lion's share of possession, didn't really create all that many chances with it. But I suppose there was that chance that Patrick McElhenney got initially when the ball kind of drops to him in the box, and you think, you know, this could be number one, he just puts it wide. And then subsequent to the goal that we did score, which again came from a moment of just quality play that was kind of all too rare um, when we got a quick and accurate true ball that unleashed Michael Duffy, the centre to McMillan and a clinical finish. I mean, that's that, that was uh, it was a great goal. But the question you have to ask is when we dominate the ball for the first 30 minutes, why don't we see more chances like that being created? We seem to be really laboured in creating clear goal scoring chances. But yet tonight, there was probably half a dozen really good chances created for us to score. Like you say, the Staunton chance where he goes through one-on-one. I think if he is more up to match speed, you could see the defender was gaining on him and gaining on him, and he sort of had to take the shot under pressure. If he had been able to comfortably outpace the pursuing defender, he could have slipped the ball left or right or under the keeper or whatever. You know That really needed to be a goal, and I think if we go 2-0 up, we've probably won it. But even after that, McMillan had a great chance. We had sustained period of pressure. Um, we had the Cameron Dummigan shot that comes off the crossbar, which just is down to bad luck. I mean, that's the type of luck we had when Paddy Barrett, you know, cleared off the line in our last game. So there, there we don't don't seem to be getting much luck. But if you look at the rhythm of the game, you know, dominant in the first thirty minutes, totally on top in the last fifteen minutes, but in the middle period of the game. There was the usual lethargy and we struggled to move the ball quickly and intelligently enough. And the question now becomes, I mean, can we can we shake this off and get this together? Because, you know, we're still acting a little bit uh, like we haven't quite gelled yet. But, you know, as we're waiting to get it together, the season not only has slipped away as regards a title challenge, but we still remain rooted worryingly to the bottom of the table with a derby game coming up on Saturday, which was also going to be a tough challenge. Now, before we get to that, uh, Ronan, if I can bring you in, we haven't heard from you since we were on the road, I think, about this time last year. So welcome back to the yeah. podcast. What did, what did you make of today's uh, performance? Look, I think you fairly covered it well there. Um, a lot of it, like what you say, is fine margins, you know. They're just, they're, they're, they're missing something. They're, not, they're just not clicking. And that, regarding what you're saying there, the, the, the way there seems to be that lull in the games, there's, I've noticed that a lot. They can't just keep the tempo up from, for the 90 minutes. And uh, I genuinely don't know, is that, uh, you know, is, it, is that a lack of the crowd? Is, is it are still, or is it, are we too long into this now for that to be an issue still? Do you know what I mean? Uh, they're not feeding off the energy of the crowds, you know, getting them all G'd up. Be that even if they're normally they're away at Derry, to be getting all sorts of abuse hurled at them, and, and that would even that, that in itself would fire them on, you know. But uh, it's hard to, to put the finger on what's missing, but there's definitely, there's just definitely, they're not 100% at the minute. Is it fair to say that perhaps it's just a turnover in the squad that we've seen so many new players come in and they simply have not yet gelled together and learned each other's game? Well, there's got there's got to be a lot a lot for that. I mean, if you look back over the years, uh, when we were 
before Stephen Kenny, we'd, we'd have new teams in nearly every year and there'd be new new players and it would take a, take a while. You know, you'd only be just getting used to the guys and they'd only be getting used to the team and then to be moved on to the next year. And it was until Kenny took over and we kind of had that core of a squad and it was always the same players. Like, you really do, you're right, you, you need that time to gel and to get on the same wavelength as each other. And that's clearly not happening at the minute. Uh, you could also argue, is has the experiment of shopping outside the league been a success? I, you'd probably, at the minute, you'd say no. You know, you really need to know the league, uh, I believe, to flourish in it, you know. And I, I think that's not that's not the case with the players that we've got in so far. They're just not, just not pulling it out of the bag yet, you know. Um, we saw another debut tonight. Wilfred Zahibo was introduced and... Uh... He had kind of interesting impact, you know. Once again, he's he's an unmissable presence on the field. Initially, he seemed to almost have a disastrous uh, Dundalk debut when he kind of got caught with the ball under his feet in possession. Luckily enough, had the skill to get himself out of that. Showed a few interesting touches. Um, but what did you think of Wilfred's uh, performance? you think there's a player there that might be able to solve our midfield dilemmas? I'm not sure whether he'll solve the midfield dilemmas. He did. He looked. He looked um, fairly slick uh, in some uh, regards tonight. His first couple of touches actually were quite good. I don't think the pitch suited him tonight. I think the ball kind of got stuck under his feet and stuff like that. I don't think that he's, you know, a plastic pitch kind of guy, which which is worrying me when you think of it like that. But um, I, he did. He, yet again, like when he come on, I didn't see any definitive position for him that you know that he was placed into and told to do it I felt that he was doing a lot of running over and back and maybe he was doing a lot of covering and stuff like that but I didn't I was expecting maybe to put the foot on the ball you know uh, create a little bit of space um, uh, but I, I was I was impressed with him because this, you can't come into I always said this you can't be from outside the League of Ireland come into the League of Ireland and be absolutely amazing on you know the first couple of games it just doesn't happen so I give him a bit of time he, he definitely has qualities great physical presence and, uh, you know, definitely, definitely give him time. It was interesting to see that he often sort of dropped behind Chris Shields and Chris took up a more advanced position than Wilfred. That's something that we kind of mentioned before, that he, he is by trade another defensive midfielder. He's not quite, you know, the direct replacement for the Robbie Benson or Jamie McGrath role that we, we have been crying out to be filled. So the combination that we can deploy in midfield, whether it's going to be Sean Murray, whether it's going to be Greg Sloggett, whether it's going to be somebody else that eventually forms that partnership with Shields. Um, it, it was interesting to see the two of them in tandem today and how they sort of interchanged in front of the defence. That's perhaps something that could work, but I suppose we'll just have to, to, we'll just have to kind of wait and see. Given where we are now, what are your expectations for the rest of the season? I mean, you know, Bill Holtzheiser made a press statement at last and he defiantly announced that we could still win the league. Um, I think most Dundalk fans will find that improbable um, given the start that we've had. We've never won the league from a position such as this with the team still so inconsistent. Do you think, uh, where, where, where do you think this season is going to go and, and how close can we come to pegging back the league leaders I can't see us I can't, I can't see us winning I can't even see us challenging to be honest with you um, I, I, I'm not going to write the season off completely uh, I do believe we can put a run together and start getting those wins on the board but not enough to actually win the league 
I think that's gone. We're, what's was it six games in? As you say, two three points on the board. It's not. It's it's, it's gone. Uh, Rovers are doing that last minute winners again. They've got that in the last two two games, and they're doing what champions always do: just grinding out the wins. I can't. I can't see us doing that. Um, the question is, can can we get a bit of a run in Europe? Uh, I, I can't even see that. Even though all the hard work we've done over the years, we're going to be seeded. And OK, we're in the new the new Conference League this year. So it's been, I don't know what sort of a calibre team we, we'll be getting, you know. But uh, I, I can't see us winning anything this year, to be honest. Uh, and it'll be a bit, bit disappointing as our, our customary cup final appearances under threat this year. That's for sure. Yeah, we kind of proved to be a very different prospect in the Cup and in right. Europe last season. Now, once again, I, I, I suppose our league form is is has was consistently poor ever since the departure of uh, Vinnie Perth. But who knows? Maybe the Cup, uh, maybe Europe will inspire. Like, I mean, we seem to have a Jekyll and Hyde Dundalk at the minute. You know, for, for 15, 20 minutes, we were all over Pats last week for 15, 20 minutes. We finished the game. I think if we had a, if we had a kicked on and put that pressure on Derry five, 10 minutes earlier in the game, we undoubtedly would have got a win, but it's just taken, taken that those moments in the game where we can actually put teams under the cosh and being able to sustain them. That really, that really needs to happen. If this Dundalk team are going to go anywhere, because right now the table makes grim reading. Uh, Damien, what what what's your prediction for the for the league campaign? Where would you see us finishing in the table? Um, I don't. I definitely not going to be challenged, and I think that's that's one sure thing. Uh, Mister Holsizer said like that we can win the league. I think that you know, that's just like fantasy stuff. To be honest, it's it, that's you know that's gone at this stage, considering the fact of how we're playing. You know, um, we're eleven points behind. The, you know. A bunch of three at the top: Shamrock Rovers, Sligo Rovers, and Pats. And um, we played quite well against Pats. We played ca- quite well against against Shamrock Rovers. Uh, you know, we we're already against against Sligo, but we just seemed. I think we seem to be under. Uh, you know, we j- we just can't seem obviously to win games. We can't do that. That's one thing. And I think the players probably feel themselves they're under pressure because they're very very high standards. And I think that they feel under pressure, and that pressure is kind of building on them. What we what we need is uh, we need a, a manager to come in, or we need Jimmy Jilton to stay in in the dugout. We need someone to come in and, and stamp their authority on the way that, that these that they want to need these players to play as a team. And I think we can climb up the board. Like like, are we better than you know Waterford and Derry? Um, I think we are, and Longford. And Finn Harps, most likely, even though Finn Harps battles, you know, in the in, when I'm talking about, are we better than them? Are we better than them across, you know, uh, the, the period of a season? And I think we are. So, I, I would imagine us finishing. Uh, I think we could probably with a struggle, probably finish fourth. You know, um, if, if if I was been optimistic, I think I think we can. But as Ronan said, if we can put a run of of wins together, the team just needs to be you know to be to be be grounded. Uh, one thing that I did like tonight, um, unfortunately, Pat Hooven uh, came off tonight injured. But uh, what I know, what I what I what I thought was good was like there wasn't these halftime substitutions, and uh, I don't think uh, 
I think the hotline doesn't work in Derry. This, the, the code is zero zero four four when you're ringing an international dugout number. It's a uh, the o the o uh, four eight doesn't work from Florida, <laughs> which was good. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think that the, the, the substitute not you know and letting that letting that team play as a team you know for I thought that we, we might actually go to um, longer longer needed before you pulled in the substitution, but um, didn't. Yeah, we did have a couple of changes on about 64 minutes. Um, we had Sam Stanton withdrawn and Junior and uh, Mitskogan and Zahibo being deployed. Oh, so we didn't, we, we had those changes. Of course, we had the McMillan being introduced as a direct change for Hoban, but it, it wasn't quite as scattergun as it has been with, you know, double and triple changes at half time and basically losing the shape of the team thereafter. Uh, turning to the issue of manager, uh, like, I mean, we discussed in the last episode a lot of the off-field stuff, so we won't, won't do that again. Uh, <laughs> it's just too painful at the minute. But um, there has been the proposal that the manager's job will be filled over the next few weeks. Jim Magilton will make a recommendation to the board. Um, there's been some names mentioned. Uh, Jared Little, David Healy, Owen Coyle today has been mentioned as well. There'll be quite a bit of speculation. Uh, have you seen any names uh, in the media that would excite you? Or what do you think we need as regards the characteristics of a manager that we appoint? The problem with the, the manager is, uh, I, I've even heard on, on, on off the ball there, Vinnie Pear himself was asked if they called, would they take him back? Sorry, would he go back? And... Uh, I, we all know, and we've done this on this podcast before, we all were fans of Eddie and we wanted him, we didn't want him to go in the first place. But the the, the problem is, you see, it's the whole interference from, from up above. You know, the, the manager, sorry, the chairman wants a yes man by by all accounts. And Vinny has proven that he's not that yes man. So I, that that's not going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Uh that's why you got the two Italian lads in, hoping that you know, no matter what happens, they'll they know the story. They know I'm the boss for Ailey, and they listen to me. So it's you're kind of limited as to who who's going to who's going to take on that role. Do you know what I mean? Who who who, who wants that interference? You know. Yeah. Given given that um, the relationship seemed to go so sour previously between the chairman yes. and Vinnie Pert, were you a little bit surprised that Vinnie indicated a willingness to return? Well, yes, because um, they had Bajilton in there as a sort of a buffer, which he, he wouldn't have been there previously, you know. So I, I, I believe, I mean, that would be the only way you would even consider it. Um, and, and also, I'll be honest with you, I thought Finney would have got a job as well before now too, you know. Mm. But uh, I suppose there hasn't been too many managerial changes in the league itself. Uh, but that will no doubt that'll change soon enough. John Gill has been doing the rounds on a lot of the podcasts this week, and he sort of mentioned the precarity of management in the League of Ireland. And I mean, often these guys are, you know, if they weren't in football, they'd probably have decent jobs in management yeah. or administration. And I think that's that's kind of what or sales what what John does. And he was explaining how he had left a quite lucrative and secure job to come back to Dundalk, and then found himself once again being being dispensed with by Dundalk and he was talking about the precarity of, of managerial jobs. I suppose since Vinny has left Dundalk, really every other club has 
you know, been quite stable. I mean, Keith Long seems to be quite secure in Bohemians. Yeah. Uh, Shamrock Rovers have learned the lesson of getting rid of managers a lot in the past, and they've settled on Stephen Bradley. Um, in Morris even survived relegation at Shelburne, which is kind of almost unheard of. So there hasn't really been a great deal of turnover. Uh, so I suppose when you are a potential manager and no other manager is losing their job, this, you're simply locked out of the uh, of, of the of the sort of of employment. Um, and, and sometimes I suppose that can become permanent. People get settled then outside the game. Um, so that might be an explanation as to why, you know, Vinny would sort of signal an intent to return. But what I would worry about is we might just go back to the same uh, dysfunctional relationship that we had before. I mean, you'd, you, the, the question sort of is, has the chairman learned anything from the decline which he has inflicted on Dundalk FC? Uh, does he still think his opinion on footballing matters must be heard and must be adhered to, even though we now sit towards the bottom of the league table? That's a question we asked last week. And, um, you know, if Finney Perth is to come back you know, into Dundalk FC and face the same sort of micromanaging and meddling. I don't know really how that gets us on an upward trajectory. Uh, that is, the, but that's going to be something that any manager faces. That 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 really, I think we'd we'd all agree, that really is the crucial thing which will determine how much Dundalk struggle this season. The the this strategy that he has pursued has been very detrimental to the fate of Dundalk FC. If he hasn't learned the lesson, we'll continue to struggle. We'll probably appoint another weaker inexperienced manager and we'll continue to get mixed messages into the dressing room. Um, so what I'm really hoping, whoever we appoint, is that they are truly their own man. It, I think we have an abundance of ability in that squad. Um, we have an abundance of depth in the squad. The squad is probably too big. But what we don't have is somebody who can lead and inspire. But I think one of the problems Dundalk has faced is you can't really be a leader if somebody else is telling you what to do at, at the footballing level. And I, I was thinking a little bit about previous chairman. It was probably something that Rory inspired me to think about in our in our last uh, in our last podcast. Um, and if we think of a guy like Jerry Matthews, his probably rep, his reputation is probably you know appreciating by, day by day because he didn't he wasn't interested in the footballing side of things. He viewed the club as a business, and he was a businessman, and he focused on building the club as a business. And to him, that meant supporting his manager. So when Ian Foster said. I want to sign Faradin Kadusevic. He's available. He's going to cost a lot of money. Jerry saw his challenge as going out and getting that money coming from his own pocket or other people who are willing to back him. Uh, and that's the sort of leadership that a chairman needs to show, not micromanaging who plays where, which which only, I don't think that's ever worked in any context. So, I mean, it, it's whether or not we're going to see that change, I think will determine how long and how deep this decline, this nosedive in our performances. I, I think we we were all, we'll all be hoping that lessons can be learned, and we can get a strong, and independent manager who can be a leader and who who can be inspiring. Uh, and we'll just probably see who that person is. And I think we will know pretty quickly. I mean, for example, if we get another manager with no experience, I think fans will see what's going on 
And this will be essentially repeating the mistake that we made round about this time last year. Uh, but I suppose it's it's in the hands of the club. Uh, it'll be a big test for Jim Magilton as well to see who he can attract and persuade to become the new manager of Dundalk. We're still a really attractive club uh, for any ambitious manager who wants to sort of uh, build their career and their profile and perhaps have a shot at European football. So we, we, I suppose we'll all be watching with, uh, with uh, great anticipation to see how that process proceeds over the next few days and weeks. I just thought it was interesting some of the discussions online, like about you know when Vinny said that you know he certainly wouldn't say no, you know, and he that he was speaking that he actually was speaking to the owners, you know, two weeks ago, and that uh, you know that, that, that he definitely wouldn't you know rule it out. And with that, then came comes the divide of people who think, yeah, that would be great, get him back. He'll stay. He'll he'll um, you know put stabilizers on this ship, and you know. And get things settled again. And other people were saying, "Not a chance," you know, because he 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 wasn't, you know, when it came towards the end of his tenure, that he he wasn't performing that that well. And um, I mean, is it a step back? It, would, would there be too much interference? You know, have we? You know, is it time to to, to keep going and and get somebody new? One thing I will say is that whoever is brought in should, as you said, can have experience. But I think that they should have experience, if not in the League of Ireland, certainly in leagues of a, of a, of a similar standard and a similar style uh, and an authoritative figure, someone who wants to you know, play football. Because as you said, it's a very, very attractive you know, proposition for any manager. I think the thing as well that kind of most, probably is worrying you know, Dundalk fans is that like we have a lot of players and they're on, you know, we don't even know how long the contracts are on, are, are they on one year contracts with, you know, you know, with, with extension options in there. We don't, we don't know. Like what, what is the vision for, for the whole sizers and peak six for us? You know, I mean, we, we haven't heard that you know, this is a long-term plan in a while. We haven't. And that's the thing that would worry me. Like we bring in a manager, we don't do all that well. What happens then? Do they walk away? You know, do they, do they sell us on? You know, I think that, that frustrates an awful lot of Dundalk fans. I think that you, there is no communication from, you know, from the top down to the supporters. It's really, really, you know, it, it's something that annoys me. It's something that, you know, that I think, you know, I'd like to know, actually, I don't need to know the ins and outs and the goings on. I don't need to hear all the, you know, the stuff from the dress room or any rumours like it used to be years and years and years ago. I just need to know what is the plan? Is it like, if this team, you know, finishes sixth or finishes, you know, seventh next year, is it a building process from there? Or is it like, right, turf them all out and try again with a different bunch of players and a different manager and a different whatever, like, because Jimmy Jelton's on a four, is a four and a half year contract or a four year contract. So you think that there is some form of a plan for stability into the future, but that just doesn't seem, you know, to have been echoed on the pitch, you know, by the by, the owners. That's the thing I think that worries me. It worries other than Doc fans, I think as well. The quality players in the current squad have been accustomed to success year in year out. Um, we we haven't not won a trophy since 2014 in the season. Um, so the the idea of sitting mid table um, is not something they'll be accustomed to. And doubtless a lot of them, their contracts do expire at the end of the season. And we saw how that was 
let go beyond the end of the season last year and we paid a heavy price with some of our very best players moving on to rivals or not even getting offers from the club at all. Like when we look back now, you know, I think we we we, we said the test of this strategy would be if the new players came in, proved themselves to be, you know, way superior to what we had let go when we sort of blew all competition out of the water. Uh, that would be a vindication of the strategy of recruitment that the the, the now departed uh, management team had had engaged in. I think the table, once again, doesn't lie. We can look back now at that transfer window and you can look at the business that was done there and um, it does not seem to have worked out. Um, and our rivals seem to be benefiting from the players we let go. We seem to have considerably strengthened St. Patrick's Athletic. We seem to have considerably strengthened uh, Shamrock Rovers. And they sit at the top of the table while we sit towards the bottom. So unless there is some sort of you know, considerable reversal and we just take off up the table like a rocket and catch up with them, I suppose we can, we can say that that particular recruitment experiment just what was too dramatic we let go too many players that were of proven domestic quality and we have brought in too many players uh we can we can spot the quality ones that are making a contribution to the team but many of the new recruits seem to be hanging around on the periphery you know they may have had one appearance and now they're not even making the bench and you really have to question you know what role exactly they will be playing and how they can contribute to the team, particularly now when there's a new manager involved. But I suppose all these questions that we can speculate on, they will be answered definitively um, over the next few weeks and months. Um, our next fixture, of course, is going to be a, an added, uh, a one of added intensity. We faced, a, we faced a, um, the Loud Derby for the first time in the Premier Division for quite a few years. Now, in the past, that has been... Uh, quite one-sided during the Kenny Perth era. We, generally speaking, have not only won, but we've won handsomely. What sort of a game do you think we can expect from Drogheda, who have you know got quite a bit of experience and have added well to their squad? Um, players like Gary Deegan, Jane Massey, of course. Um, what, how, do you think, uh, how do you think next Saturday will go? Would you anticipate our first win from that game? We've been anticipating our first win from game one, and we're still waiting. So I don't know. Look, I mean, I also can you imagine like Drogheda going to go into this ahead of us on the table? And I, I can't remember the last time that's happened. You know, uh, if there's a game, if this is a game, if you can't get up for it, you may give up, you know. Uh, I, I, but I genuinely believe that this will be the game where we'll turn it around. Um, now, having said that, Drogheda have looked, you know, they've looked okay since they've come up. I, I thought, I I mean, I wouldn't say I was worried for them because it was dry. I wouldn't be exactly worried, but I didn't think that, that, that they would cope so well their first season back, you know. Uh, but they've looked fairly, fairly solid and they're, they're grinding out results. Um, but I, I'm hope, I'm more than hopeful that we should turn it around on Saturday and get, get the three points on the board. Yeah, like 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 Roland said, I think, you know, we, we've been waiting for the, the first win of the... the, the campaign and hopefully it'll come on Saturday. I mean, I don't mean to be a, a negative, uh, you know, contributor tonight, but like the, the table doesn't lie, draw the eight points, we have three points. Um, like we played Derry tonight, who I, who I thought were kind of young and experienced team. 
And I think what worried me tonight was that even like Derry kind of stood off and, and let us play. Most most of the teams that we've played this season, or every team that we played this season, pressed us, pressed us high, didn't let us play um, play out from the back. Tonight we were allowed to play out from the back, and as you said, Ken, we were quite lethargic. We were we were slow. So like I mean, I don't know. I think Drogheda will be more. I think Drogheda will really, be really, really, really up for it. Um, and I think they'll understand what a der what, what this derby means to to their to their club, and um, whereas you know there'll be half of our team will understand what this what this game means to our club because of you know just the fact that they're you know used to the League of Ireland and they're used to this type of thing. So I mean, you know, flip a coin, you know, get the get the roulette wheel out. I hope we win, and I hope we I hope we win, and it kickstarts the season. I I just don't know. Saying that. On tonight's game performance, just to, to be you know a little bit more positive, like you know we play we play on Saturday and then we play again on Tuesday. It's a very very short turnaround for anybody to, you know to to implement a strategy as well. So like you can basically say we were playing tonight on Saturday strategy maybe a little bit a little bit different, and we did see improvements tonight. Definitely definitely did. So maybe the rest of the week, you know, with training and Jim taking the team, you know, the first team for training, maybe we will see a different Dundalk on Saturday. I'm hoping we see a different Dundalk on Saturday and hopefully we can get the three points. With uh, with that hope kindling a little bit, I think hopefully Jim Magilton, given his experience, will be able to instill and build on tonight. Because there was, once again, if we if we played like we did in the final 15 minutes and if we dominate possession like we did in the opening 30, uh, if we can do that consistently, we are well capable of holding our own, creating chances, scoring goals and winning games. So we'll hope that that kickstarts on Saturday night when we play Drogheda for the first time in the Premier Division for a number of years. Thanks very much for joining me, Damien Kenny and Ronan McCary. And we'll be back again next Saturday night to chat about hopefully what will be our first victory of the season over the neighbours, Drogheda United. Oh, <laughs> 